spring. Um, we're going to talk about growing in faith. Um, as I was, uh, as I've started my my yearly read through again in Genesis, um, I guess I found some things with Abraham and Sarah uh, that I didn't really notice before. We've kind of heard um, the sermons on Abraham and his faith. Uh, I've heard them all my life, but there's a couple things in the story uh, that I find really interesting. Tonight, I want to talk about uh, growing our faith. I've said that now three times, I think. Um, <laughs> also, you know, I, I, at Evangel Temple in Fort Smith, uh, I was teaching Sunday school, and so I've never really considered myself a preacher. So just bear with me tonight, because don't, I don't know how this is going to go. So, <sighs> Thank you. Um, so... I want us to think about what faith is tonight and kind of a bigger picture, get a, get a bigger picture of what faith is. And uh, let's just start by kind of defining. Um, I've seen circulating on Facebook, and you've probably seen uh, the, the uplifting pictures, which are good. I'm not knocking any of that. Um, but a really simple, small definition of faith that I've seen is this. Um, it says, faith is knowing what God can do and believing that he will. Now, that's true. That is not untrue. That's a good definition of faith. I just think it comes a little bit short, and I think there's more to faith than that. Um, our faith in Christ is everything for us, and it's really, it's a lot bigger than that. Um, and so, uh, actually, I'm going to look at Hebrews 11. If you want to keep your spot, if you want to keep your spot in Genesis, we're going to flip over to Hebrews 11 really quick. Paul obviously um, has one of the greatest definitions of faith. Uh, this whole chapter is really about it. Um, and so he says, uh, very simply, um, in verse 1, he says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. Um, and that kind of fits in with that little knowing what God can do, knowing that he will do, and that feels good, but let's keep reading because there's more to this. Verse 2, uh, for by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that it was seen, not made out of things that are visible. So it's interesting to me how Paul compares faith to what God has done, and specifically creation, right? So looking back at what God has done, a good picture of faith is simply his faithfulness, his creating us. I mean, that's the most basic definition, I think. And it's a good starting point for finding what faith is and that it is bigger than just us. Um, so Paul emphasizes what God has already done. Um, and the reason for that is uh, so that we can take hold of what he has done. So look back in your life and think about the goodness of God in you and what his faithfulness has done for you. Uh, that builds our faith. So when we stop to praise him for miracles he's already provided, it really opens the doors uh, for those things that are hoped for, which he described. The things that are hoped for we haven't seen yet, it can open the door for that, amen? Um, so he doesn't, uh, Paul doesn't begin defining uh, faith with just a simply, what can God do for me? Um, so, and really this, uh, to me, this description of faith really makes my problems feel microscopic. And really that's because they are. 
right? So being heavenly minded, you know, we can know that there is an eternity and these little problems that we're having today, we probably won't care about at all 10 billion years from now, right? So that's kind of uh, a snapshot and uh, I want you to continue that study in chapter 11. It's awesome and uh, what faith is. So um, a, a clear good definition that I've, I've come to is this, that faith in God is a full life surrender that says, God, I will follow you no matter what my situation looks like, no matter what you tell me to do, no matter where you tell me to go, no matter what the balance in my bank account may be, right? That can get kind of trying in times. I'll set my eyes on you, Lord. So when we do that, we can truly surrender ourselves to God in faith. Uh, then we're going to see him at work in our lives. So we're going to flip back into Genesis. So we're introduced to Abraham in chapter 11 for the first time. And uh, he's with his family and he's with uh, his kindred people and all of his possessions. Uh, at the beginning of chapter 12, uh, God tells him to leave everything that he knows and go to the land that he's, that he's promised him. Um, that's the first step of faith right there that we see in Abraham, leaving everything that he knows uh, leaving his family, taking what he has with him. Uh, that's, that's not a, a small step to take. Uh, and, uh, and notice that it doesn't say anything about Abraham questioning God at this point or resisting or even saying, what, what are we, where are we going, God? What are you going to do? He just packs up and goes is really it. Um, let's just read it. At the, real simply, um, it, it, at the beginning of chapter 12, you can read through that. I want to emphasize on, on verse 7. Uh, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, uh, and by the way, his name was Abram at this time. I'll pro I knew I would forget that through this entire thing. So Abraham, Abram, his name's not Abraham yet. Verse 7, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. There's, there's all but just a period between God saying something and Abraham doing something. He doesn't question God. He, doesn't, he knows that Sarai's wife is barren. He knows that they can't have kids. That's what he thinks. And there's not even a question at this point. Uh, that is a, a big part of Abraham's faith. Now, we do see him um, start to question a little bit later. But when God says something, he just immediately does something. I think that's a lesson to me. I need to be more faithful in that way and listen to God's voice. Um, so... Um, God tells him, your offspring, I will give this land. Um, he doesn't question it. He builds an altar. He does move on and continue uh, journeying. Um, and so for a time, for a time, Abram's life goes on. Uh, he doesn't see that promise immediately. He doesn't immediately have a son. Uh, there could have been years between God saying this the first time in verse 7 and the next time we even talk about it in chapter 15. So think about that, God's timing, right? That's one of the toughest things for me, not knowing God's timing. And, and I'm just an impatient person, so uh, I get impatient that way. So God's timing. And we're going to jump to chapter 15. Uh, jump over with me. We finally see Abram respond to God uh, with some questions. And how many of you know that having questions is not a bad thing? It doesn't mean that you're unbelieving. It doesn't mean that you don't have faith. Sometimes we just have questions, right? And so um, seeing your situation and knowing how God is going uh, to work is, uh, not knowing how God is going to work is completely normal. That's the point 
of faith, right? The not knowing, but still trusting. Uh, let's read in chapter 15, starting in verse 2. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless. And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. So when we see a questioning time, when we see an uncertain time in Abram, uh, he still doesn't hesitate believing God. And this time, it counts, it's counted to him as righteousness. And even Paul in the New Testament talks about uh, the justification of Abram, and I think this was it. In his faith, he was justified uh, to God. So that's a strong faith, right? That's, that's kind of an unheard of thing, really. So when, uh, when he asks him point blank, who's going to be my heir? I don't have a son. I don't, I'm not able to have a son. And God tells him, you will have a son. And then that's, that's all God needed. So now things kind of turn uh, differently. Um, we see Abram and Sarai, they kind of take matters into their own hands. And, uh, you know, think about what you would do in the situation. Um, Sarai probably thought, well, um, if Abraham is going to have a son, it's not going to be through me, right? Because she couldn't do it. Uh, it's it's going to have to be with our servant Hagar. And uh, and don't we all do that sometimes? Sometimes um, we don't know. We know sometimes we know what God has said, but we don't know how to get there. And we'll take an easy way out. <laughs> I do that all the time. Lord help me. Uh, taking the easy way out, and it's usually a pretty bad idea. And uh, and so. Um, the hand of God doesn't need our help, right? There's a fine line and there's a clear difference between serving God to further his purpose and taking matters into our own hands and what we think God ought to do. So, uh, and really the biggest uh, thing that I actually just noticed today when I was reading through this again, uh, we don't see and we don't know of Sarai ever stopping to ask God or talk to God about it. When Abraham had questions, he asked God, and he, he approached God. We don't see Sarai doing that, and, you know, a lot of the times um, I get there, too. I, something comes up, and I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how it's going to happen, and I don't take that to God in prayer, and so how important is that to just take everything to God in prayer, and it can really be the difference maker, and we're going to see it. You've heard the story, Genesis 16. Let's read verses 1 through 5. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Interesting how she puts the blame on the Lord, right? That's just interesting. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan. Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave, uh, yes, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into her, Hagar, she conceived, and when she had saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, may the wrong done to me be on you. 
I gave my servant to your embrace, and when you saw that she conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. Again, interesting how she's mad at Abram, right? <laughs> like, this was her idea. <laughs> uh, but again, put yourself, put yourself in this position. Uh, you know, compromise can often lead to this, right? Compromise in your faith and compromising what you know God has said can always lead to this. And so Sarah decides that she can't be used by God. She decides her circumstances are too great, her condition, her age. None of that is an obstacle to God, though, because we know his promise. Sarai's faith uh, is wavering at this point, and uh, she gives Hagar to her husband. Hagar conceives, looks at Sarai with contempt. Uh, so taking a step outside of faith in, uh, taking a step outside of faith in God uh, will spawn a messy, painful situation most of the time, right? Um, so now, yes, it was a common practice for a slave or concubine to bear children for a household leader in this culture. We don't really think about that today. That a lot of people read this story and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they just got another woman in there to, to have a kid. But that was not really all that uncommon in this time. So, um, uh, but, but think about the situation. Nobody is happy. Nobody is happy with this whole deal. Everybody has been out of shape. And there's just a mess. And also the will of God is being delayed, right? So we could have just believed God. They could have already had Isaac and had this thing on track by now, right? Uh, so that's why it's important to take everything uh, in our lives um, uh, to God with prayer. And an especially huge decision like this um, I believe that if Sarai had approached God uh, with her concerns, he would have told her plainly, and he does later on in the story, uh, tells her that she's going to be the mother of Abram's offspring, and she laughs. Um, but, you know, taking it to God, right? That could have just, we could have bypassed this whole thing with Hagar and Ishmael and the, probably the weird vibe going on. Like, that's got to be weird, right? A third person in your marriage? That, I don't even want to think about that. So Sarai's upset. And Abram tells her to deal with it, pretty much. If you read on past what we read, Abram, Abram tells her, you know, this is your servant, you deal with this. And, uh, and so uh, Sarai deals with her harshly, it says. She probably mistreated her because uh, she was just mad about it, right? And, um, and so we see uh, this, this part of Genesis, too. We've got to think that um, this was written by Moses probably not long after they had uh, been delivered from Egypt. And so an important lesson in here, uh, even with the Hagar part of it, uh, I mean, think about what happens next. Hagar, she's dealt with harshly. She runs away. Um, she pretty much prepares herself and her son to die in the wilderness. They run out of water, and she calls out to God, and God has mercy on her. Now think about the Israelites hearing this at the time. On an Egyptian, are you kidding me, God? Like these people, we just left Egypt. Uh, th the lesson in here is that God meets you no matter where you are and no matter who you are and no matter what your status is. And he has mercy on those every day, right? And so uh, eventually we do see Sarah and Abraham have Isaac, uh, whose lineage births the nation of Israel and ultimately redemption in Christ. And, uh, and the promise to Abraham is fulfilled. And uh, there's much more to this story. I, I do want you to, to study this in your own time. And we even skipped a lot between the first time 
God told Abram this, and you need to read it. It's good stuff. But the point is that um, our faith and growing our faith is really, it hinges on a lot of what we decide to give to God, what we decide to put forward, what, decide, what we decide to pray for, right? And so, um, honestly, we can look at, uh, on, at scriptures like this now, and it's so much easier for us to glean wisdom and, and be able to learn from this. And, you know, how much more has God got to put out, give out to us that we haven't even tapped into yet? How much more uh, power are we missing out on? And um, so a big part of faith is not just, uh, you know, believing God for the impossible, which he, he, he does, you know, do the impossible, of course. He does help us uh, with our issues. But a bigger part of faith to me is just being in present in God's presence and saying, Lord, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what has happened to me, I'm going to praise you and I'm going to stand in your faithfulness and I'm not going to give up because your faithfulness is true. You've proved yourself time and time again. We don't have to debate about that. And so that's where I want us to get. That's the picture I want us to have of faith and not just... Um, you know, a, a weak uh, little Facebook post about how God helped me pay my electric bill. That's good. He'll do it, right? He's probably helped. Uh, we've seen that time and time again. He'll help you pay your bills. But faith is more than that, right? And it should be bigger than that to us. And I should say, you know, God, I don't know how I'm going to pay this electric bill, but I'm going to praise you anyway. <laughs> and so that's where faith really comes into play. And, and it's, it's sad, really. I feel like in this, in this day and age, a lot, of, a lot of what we believe, a lot of um, the way we believe is kind of watered down. And it's watered down into uh, a Facebook quote or um, just an oversimplification when really there's more to the gospel. And so understanding that gospel, understanding this Bible, you know, uh, we've started this read-through that I hope many, all of you are reading through the Bible with us. And uh, you know, how, is it, how important is it to know this? And when people approach you and they ask you, and it's happened to me, people who approach me and ask me questions, and I'm like, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll get back with you, right? And that's kind of, that's kind of shameful <laughs> when you have to say that. And it's because we're not grounding ourselves in this word, and we're not grounding ourselves every day in his promise that's already here. He's already spoken to us, and it's right here in our hands. And a, a, lot, of the, a lot of it I still don't know. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a reality um, that I think we all need to face. Um, there is a, a growing process. We'll probably never know it all. Uh, but I need to be better than I am today. I need to step out further than I did this morning, and I need to do more than I did today. And so... That's where I want us to get. A hunger for God and a growing of our faith is, is really based on that. A hunger for God and His Word and seeing what He wants to do. And, uh, you know, let's just take a moment tonight and let's, um, you know, if you want to come down to the front, John, go ahead and come up and, and start playing something. And I just want to spend a moment saying, God, I, I don't have anything to offer you. You've given me everything. And Lord, I just want to grow into a deeper walk with you. You know, the reason God gave us the story of Hagar um, 
like I said earlier, it's to show that he can meet us anywhere. He can meet you anywhere, and it doesn't matter what you've done or where you are. That is what he does. He meets you where you are, and he can change who you are. And I can't change who I am. <laughs> I've tried. It doesn't usually work out very well. Um, but let's just take a moment. Let's all just bow our heads.